the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is In His Steps. Coming from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. The Christian Herald magazine once carried an article about a senior executive of one of the largest banks in New York City. He told how he had risen to a place of prominence and influence. He said he began working at the bank as an office boy. Then one day the president of the bank called him aside and said, I want you to come into my office and to be with me each day. The young man replied, but what can I do to help you, sir? I don't know anything about finances. Never mind that, said the bank president. You will learn what I want to teach you a lot faster if you just stay by my side and keep your eyes and ears open. The now famous banker said, that was the most significant experience of my life. Being with that wise man made me just like him. I began to do things the way he did, and that accounts for what I am today. Every Christian has the potential to become like Jesus Christ by following in his steps. The Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Christ did. And then he says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Charles Sheldon, early in the last century, wrote a book entitled In His Steps, telling the story of what happened to a congregation that dared to follow in the steps of Christ. We don't have time to go into this, uh, except to note that 
this was something that for a long time was emulated by a number of, um, of churches and Christians. To be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. To aim to be like him, to live like him, to reproduce his character in our lives. Throughout our Lord's ministry here on earth, he issued the invitation to individuals, follow me. And those who responded were never the same again. Today, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, we are simply responding to his call to follow him. And in doing so, we are admitting that Jesus has the answer to the mystery of life that he has conquered sin and death, that he has the key to eternal life, and therefore he can show us how to live victoriously in the here and now. The promise many of you made at your baptism was that you would serve and follow the Lord until you die. No one can honestly call himself or herself a Christian and not desire to be like Jesus Christ. He is the Christian's highest model, the example we have been called to imitate or to copy. This is what the Apostle Peter is saying here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. Now the immediate context has to do with Christians suffering unjustly. He's telling these believers to whom he was writing that suffering is part and parcel of being a Christian. And so here he says in in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So Peter gives us at least two main points. The first is that Christ is our example. Christ is our example. Now the word translated example means to copy after. Now when I was a child growing up in that little island called Jamaica and learning to write, we used a writing tablet called a slate as children because we didn't have the advantage of some of you here in the United States with, um, with the availability of a lot of paper. But every school child had a slate which was very practical. You used chalk to write on it so it could be wiped clean after use. Now, my kindergarten teacher would write the letters of the alphabet uh, at the top of the slate, and I had to copy what she had written. It seems easy to write now, but learning to write like my teacher was a gigantic problem for a kid. You see, all I had to do was copy what my teacher had written But my little fingers, still uncoordinated, found it difficult to do. It was only after hours and hours 
month after month of copying that I was able to satisfy my teachers. Writing was something which was emphasized uh, in my, where I came from. And if I, if you can now make out my writing, you'll know why. And so I'm sure all of everybody can read my writing. <laughs> now, when our children were learning to write, the process seemed so much easier. My wife bought books with the letters of the alphabet and short words already printed on these books, uh, which the children then copied um, uh, by, by learning how to, how to write. And this is really the meaning of the word example that Peter is using here, to copy after. Peter is saying that Christ is our example, our writing copy, our copy book. We learn how we ought to function as members of God's kingdom, as members of the family of God, by copying the example of Jesus Christ. As we follow the life of Christ, we can observe the example he set for us. When he was a boy of 12 years old, Jesus visited the temple with his parents and discussed the things of God uh, with the religious scholars of the day. Now, his parents, um, they probably traveled in a, like a, in a caravan. Uh, his parents traveled a day's journey before they discovered that he was not with them. They retraced their steps and found him in the temple discussing religion with the rabbinic scholars of the day. And so we read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 51, Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. Thus Jesus respected and obeyed his parents and set an example for us. Although Jesus did not need baptism as a symbol of the forgiveness of sins, yet he set the example for us with his baptism in the River Jordan. Numerous are the examples which shine forth from the days of the earthly ministry of our Lord. He was kind to all. He had time for every person who sought, sought him. He gave full attention to the needs of a promiscuous Samaritan woman from whom others would have turned away. He offered consideration and forgiveness to an adulterous woman whom the Pharisees wanted to execute by stoning. He was not only kind to all, but he was helpful to all. He healed a blind man whom others overlooked. No one noticed the woman who touched the hem of his garment, but Jesus did, and he took time out in order to heal her of her illness. Jesus was also a man of prayer. He prayed before every great decision in his ministry, even before the selection of the 12 uh, apostles or disciples. Often the Bible reveals that he spent all night in prayer. Why? To teach us by example that power to live and serve comes from regular contact with our Heavenly Father. Unfortunately, many Christians today fail to take Christ as their model for living. 
They are more interested in knowing about the lifestyles of the rich and famous, sports stars, film stars, TV stars. But they seem to have little interest in the teaching and lifestyle of the man from Galilee who was crucified between two thieves. Many of you here today know the content of the latest issues of Ebony or Jet or Essence or Soap Opera and a host of other magazines, but do not know the content of a single book of the Bible. Now, how can we copy someone we are not familiar with? No one can be a good follower of Jesus Christ if his or her knowledge of Christ is what is picked up on Sundays from the preacher's sermon. Calculate the time you spend watching television, reading magazines and talking on the telephone, and compare that to the time that you spend reading the scriptures, a Christian book or magazine, and you will understand why you are not a stronger Christian. But the second point that Peter is making here is that we are to follow in his steps. We are to follow in his steps, that is the steps of Christ. Now, as we travel the highway of life, we have someone who has traveled it already and knows the way. If we follow in his footsteps, we are sure to succeed in doing the right thing and getting to where God wants us to be. So what does following the steps of Christ mean for daily living? Let me give you four things that this means. It means, first, having a humble spirit. Having a humble spirit. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 8, Paul presents the attitude of Christ as a model. So we find here your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself, even further, by dying a criminal's death on a cross." Humility of spirit is a Christian's proper attitude towards self and others. Paul says we are, to be, we are to esteem others more highly than we esteem ourselves. And I know that's difficult because quite often the focus is on self. But, um, but Paul says esteem others more highly than you esteem yourselves. No one can follow in the footsteps of Christ and not develop humility. Without being conscious of it, we will take on the character of Christ if we follow in his steps. Soon we'll begin to look like him, talk like him, and act like him. So the first point about following Christ is that we we are to um, be humble in spirit. But secondly, it means having a forgiving spirit. 
a forgiving spirit. When Jesus was falsely accused and nailed to the cross, he had compassion for his accusers and prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter 2, 22 and 23. He says, he never sinned and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. So to follow in the steps of Christ means we will not retaliate against those who hurt us or hold grudges against those who have wronged us. But we will forgive them freely. Forgiveness is something that we ought to do often in our lives. As people do things to us, we have to forgive them. Even if they don't ask for forgiveness, it's our responsibility to forgive them. Forgiving one another has a tremendously liberating effect. It frees us from pent-up anger and bitterness which can eat away at our souls and cause both physical and emotional damage. But the third thing that this means is having a loving spirit. Having a loving spirit. In John chapter 13, 34 and 35, uh, Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, the world is not impressed by the pious language of Christians. It's not impressed by long prayers or by our serious demeanor or by our ability to quote the scriptures. It is impressed by one thing only, our love for each other expressed in practical deeds of kindness. A man in India once told Billy Graham, I would be a Christian if I could see one. You see, the people outside the church could see God's love in action in the lives of his people. As we interact with one another, then our churches would be crammed full because people would want to find out how they can get in on this love. People see enough backbiting and gossip and pettiness and hatred and rejection around them every day and are desperately looking for a place where they can experience love, acceptance, and genuine fellowship. So why does the church not reflect more of these positive Christian qualities? Because Christians are not following in the footsteps of Christ. But by God's grace, we can become what God wants us to be if we'll simply read the word and reflect on it and ask him for help so that we can be like Jesus Christ. But number four, it means a serving spirit. To follow Christ 
To follow in his steps means a serving spirit. Paul tells us that Jesus took the very nature of a servant in coming to earth. And Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Christians are called to be servants of God and of each other. Servanthood is integral to the understanding of what a Christian is if we are to regard ourselves as followers of Christ. Some of us like to be served and to wait and wait impatiently to be served rather than to serve. Some want to be recognized, want the recognition of serving, but not the self-sacrifice and self-discipline which service demands. And it is my constant prayer that God would raise up more and more people in People's Baptist Church to be servants uh, with the responsibility uh, to do what God has called them to do and to do them well. To follow in the footsteps of Christ means to have a servant spirit. It means finding the task God has gifted you to do. It means having uh, a willingness to give God's kingdom a portion of your time and of your talents and of your resources. Being a follower of Christ will cost you something, my brothers. We often don't talk about this, but it's costly to be a child of God. Salvation is a free gift to us, but it costs the Son of God his life. Discipleship is costly to the person who will take it seriously. It involves self-denial, which is always painful. In his book, The Cost of Discipleship, Diedrich Bonhoeffer the German pastor who was martyred by Hitler in 1945, indicted Christians in his day for pursuing cheap grace, which guaranteed a bargain basement salvation, but made no demands on people. This is what Bonhoeffer had to say. Quote, we have forgotten that the cross means rejection and shame as well as suffering. End of quote. Now, if grace was cheap in, in Bonhoeffer's day in the, in the 40s, it is certainly true today as well, where there is no shortage of preachers willing to tell people anything that they want to hear. You see this all the time. People telling about the American dream and how they can get it and, and all you have to do is to, is to believe and you'll never be poor and you'll never be, be sick. See, the religion of Jesus, which I've been called to preach from this pulpit, is a, a costly religion, a religion with a cross at the center of it. It's a religion for tough-minded uh, persons committed to following Jesus Christ in discipleship. It is not for those who are looking for easy and for ease and comfort or something for nothing. It is not a religion for those who 
are too busy to spend time reading God's word and, and learning about the master. It's not a religion for people who do not want to be inconvenienced, who do not want to give up their agendas for the agenda of Jesus Christ. The religion of Jesus is for people who are aware of their sinfulness and who accept the provision God has made for the forgiveness of sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's for people who are willing to deny themselves and to take their cross and follow Jesus. The religion of Jesus is for people who are determined to walk day by day in the footsteps of their Lord who will trust him to meet all of their needs, who will seek always to give glory to God for the things that he has done, and who will lift up the name of Jesus wherever they are. You see, the religion of Jesus is what our ancestors called old-time religion. You see, it is not only good for grandma and grandpa, but it's also good for mom and dad, for husband and wife, for son and daughter, for brother and sister, for aunt and uncle, for friends and neighbors. This old-time religion will cause you to love those who are mean to you. It will cause you to reach out to those who are hurting. It will cause you to help those who cannot help themselves. It will cause you to give to those who are in need, to forgive those who hurt you, and to pray for those who are lost in sin. This old-time religion which our ancestors believed and practiced will cause you to treat others with respect and dignity. It will cause you to be honest in all of your business dealings. It will cause you to turn the other cheek as often as need be. It will cause you to be an inspiration and an encouragement to others, to serve others with a spirit of humility, and to do unto others what you would have them do to you. Everybody needs this old-time religion. It doesn't make any difference how weak you may be. It will take care of you. It doesn't make any difference how poor you may be. It will meet you your every need. It doesn't matter how exhausted you may be. It will renew your strength. It doesn't matter how old you may be. You can depend on it to carry you through. And it doesn't make any difference what your circumstances may be, you don't have to worry. It will always prove to be sufficient. This old-time religion has given the sad a reason to be glad. It has given the weary a reason to sing. It has given the frustrated a reason to be confident. It has given the burdened a reason to look up, the lonely a reason to get excited, the prodigal a reason to return to the Father's house and the dying a reason to hope. This old-time religion has proven to be significant in all circumstances and situations, no matter whether it be in a foxhole during wartime or whether it be in an operating room during major surgery or whether it be in a cold cemetery during the burial of a loved one or whether it be in a lone, lonely bedroom during a long, dark night of pain. You see, the Lord whom we serve and whom our ancestors served, his wisdom never varies, his goodness never decreases, his truth never changes, 
His strength never wearies. His peace never ceases. His promises never fail. His attention never strays. His presence never departs. His faithful never fluctuates. His supply never shrinks. His authority never wanes. And his power never weakens. What a wonderful God we serve. Give him praise, church. He's a good God. He's good all the time. And we serve a wonderful God. Praise his wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.